Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Yeah. The charcoal mask. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? <clears throat> Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader. Ask me. Ask Eliza anything. It's time to ask. Ask me all your questions. Leave them in the Instagram comment section. Leave them on your Twitter or leave them on your Facebook. We'll see them. There is something lame about building a podcast studio. People are going <laughs> to hang me in the town square for that. I guess if, if that is like your bread and butter, I yeah. guess what I'm thinking of as lame is like someone who's like, I have like 30 listeners like, and I'm going to build out a podcast. I'm going to build a, this, this city on a hill for myself. I'm going to staple some egg crates to the walls and people need to know what I, th- I built a studio. I do see that a lot because you know I'm involved in the in the small indie podcast in, community and are. people people have full rooms. I'm like, I don't even have a desk. When I'm recording mine, I'm sitting on the couch. <laughs> I mean, I can appreciate you wanting it to sound good, but yeah, I guess there's something minorly self-aggrandizing about like, and I've built this for myself. Yeah. And it's just like, for what? Like, this is not gonna be. There's too many podcasts out there. There are, I, you know, there's some stat about how like um, it's about celebrity podcasts. ninety. No, but oh. ninety, like ninety percent of podcasts or something don't have more than six episodes. Right. That's the other thing. I believe, you know, because I remember when we were like trying to figure out a name for this podcast. You know, you go through all these cute names and then you Google it. And it's like, oh, there is a podcast, and they had like two episodes, and then like most people. It, they, they didn't get super famous overnight. So they're like, I guess I'll just stop. You see that all the time with like websites or Instagram handles. And it's not even someone like snatched it up so that you couldn't use it. It's just like they get a good name and they're like, yeah, I kind of, sometimes I'll, I kind of delight at like looking at Instagram and it'll be like fun food facts, like your site for all the fun food facts, two posts. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, that's right. Most people don't have stick to yeah. and follow through. And they're like, this didn't work immediately. Just like I think it did for everyone else. I guess I'll give up. Yeah. Oh, I built this podcast. It's like, why? I was about to say, so I can review movies. <laughs> you sh- it should be kind of like when you want to work out, so you buy all the stuff and then like you never get around to it. The reward should be once you've met a certain goal, you get the thing. Yeah, start with the cheap Like football pads. <laughs> yeah, you shouldn't get a helmet until Rush you've played Rush for 2,000 yards, games. now you get your helmet. Yeah. <laughs> Terrible. Is that a lot? I think so. <laughs> it feels like a lot. I picked like a high number. Because a field is only 100 yards, right? So I guess 2,000 is not that many. Well, that rushing the whole field 20 times before you can wear a helmet feels like a lot. It's so far. It's 
we used to have to run suicides on the football field, like for JV volleyball. And you're like, why? It's a football field is so big. And you it watch is. on TV and you're just like, they're just going. You look at a basketball court is so big, but those guys are so big. It's a lot. Have you tried to play basketball? The answer is no for you. As like an adult. Have you tried to run full court as an adult? I did have a hoop in my backyard. I did have a hoop. That's half court. That's your kid. parents' driveway. A full court basketball game as an adult. Yeah. You'll have to go see an osteopath. Osteopath? You'll have to. I was thinking of osteoporosis. You will have to check yourself into the emergency room. Yeah. I like a, I like a game of horse. Like a nice, quiet game of horse. Go on. Some fresh horse meat. No. Get it. I saw a bird oh, today okay. eating another bird. No, you didn't. On the road. No, you didn't. Yes. It no, was you in didn't. the street eating something dead that looked like a bird. Okay. I didn't know that birds. That looked like a bird. The story unravels. Okay, that it was eating something dead. And I didn't know birds were carnivores that weren't like, like vultures. Like this was just like a little guy. Okay. You didn't see a bird eating another bird. I well, let's was it go a out hawk? there and look. No, it was like a little bird you eating didn't. a meat. Nope. Yes, I did. There was something next to the it. meat. Nope. <laughs> you didn't. I think you have. I just I swerve around deep it. Deep down, you're a liar. <laughs> just so, why would that be my lie? Because you think I can't check you on it. But upon we'll pressing you further, there. no, it already unraveled. You're like, well, it looked like a. Uh, it was eating meat. Nope. That I guarantee. Nope. There, and there's no way you can guarantee it. You think it was sitting in the carcass of something eating a bug. I don't know. Or a piece of plastic. It wasn't eating meat. Why would it be eating plastic? Why would it be eating another bird? Like a warbler just went nuts. I swear this bird was sun well. You better, you shouldn't swear. I swear. You shouldn't do it. Do you want does to it, follow Does this up? sound cool? Does this sound cool? If I do it near my water bottle? Oh, it's I don't think it's anyone can hear that. No, you guys can't hear this echo. All right. We have a follow-up, an update. This better not be from that Australian person who works for the Secret Service Zoo. <laughs> no. Okay, because I'm done with that story. This is Born to Dream 82. Hilarious, Eliza. Magical Emily. Sweet, peachy Princess Tianfu and Magical little Gracie. Emily. Magical, yeah. And imaginary Gracie. Imaginary Gracie. <laughs> what if you did find out Gracie was made of? I'd be like, it's right up there with the bird meat story. <laughs> okay, so I want to give you all an update. I'm the gal with bipolar disorder who wrote to tell you how heartbroken I was that my favorite aunt cut me off completely after a COVID kerfuffle. Yes, I remember that. Okay. So you addressed my episode, advised me to pour my heart out to her in a letter as my last attempt at reconciliation. I did. Oh and it's been two months with no reply, even Oof. though she told my mom she would respond. I'm writing Ew. now to tell you that even though things didn't work out and our relationship is most likely not salvageable, I'm extremely grateful for your write a letter advice. The experience of telling there her exactly how hard the pandemic has been for me, my specific bipolar complications, and how much I love her was beautifully cathartic. There you go. That's Thank why you I for helping me process my emotions, even though I didn't get the result I wanted. You're wonderful. Okay, nice? so you see, people, sometimes just getting it out. What's important is that you feel, okay, also, I'd like to know what was in that letter. Because I don't know how you wrote it. Like, Listen up, aunt bitch. so suspicious of your listeners? I think, it's not my listeners, it's humans. I think everyone's a liar. <laughs> and I'm sitting across from a bird one right now. Um, that's great. Good for you. And that's really the point of the exercise was more about you. Your aunt sounds like a giant bee. So whatever, screw her. You're better off without her. What a nightmare. Imagine how hor horrible she'd be when you got married or like did anything. She just sounded good for you. 
Yeah. Moving on and moving up. Yeah. Yeah. You can't have a lull in the pod. You can't go, yeah. What? It's a nice moment of reflection. You know what is the perfect food to eat on the podcast? What? A smoothie. Because you can't hear me chewing it. No, but if you get to the bottom, you're going to go. No, I don't have a straw. <laughs> okay. It's a sippy cup. Okay, good for you. <laughs> All right. Hi, Eliza, Emily, Snow Peach, and Hot Scotty. I don't like my sister's husband. I don't just mean I would never be friends with someone like him. I mean, I, would I can't never sleep with stand him. him. My sister just married him last year, and every time I'm forced to spend time with him, I feel like I'm dying inside. Mm. He's the most negative person I've ever met, and he's socially inept. Wait. I know his behavior is due to insecurity, and I try to empathize, but I'm repulsed by him and even shocked at the things he says. I'll say I like something, and he'll say, ugh, I fucking hate that, or that's fucking trash. Jesus. Even if no one mentions anything, he just rants about how everything is trash. Is he a comic? Is he you? Is he me? <laughs> I also don't like how he treats people in the service industry. If he's inconvenience Ooh. in the slightest, he calls them fucking peasants. Was it wrong of me to not say anything to my sister? Should I have told her how I felt before she married him? I was thinking of her happiness and their relationship never had anything to do with me. But now they're married and I realize this guy is going to be in my life forever. He's going to be the uncle to my kids one day. Should I continue to keep my feelings to myself for my sister's sake? What would you do? Thank you. And thank you for keeping me laughing during my quarantine. That's so rough. (sighs) That's so rough because- People are always so quick to point out like when a woman a woman has flaws, but like male nobody talks about how male insecurities are the bane of our societal existence. Ugh. Male insecurities are why women suffer. It's why there are a lot of shootings. It's why it is it's like, oh, women don't like me, so check this out. Uh it's the bane of a lot of people's workplace issues. Yeah. Bad reporting, things like that. Like a man scorned, a a shitty guy who feels insecure. Part of me is like, wouldn't it be great if you could like really get to know, like what does she see in him? You know, does he make her laugh? Is he actually funny? It is someone who's always negative and it isn't funny. If you don't love them, like it is exhausting. What's going to happen is you're going to say to your sister, like, I don't like your husband. He's just like a bummer to be around. What's she supposed to do? Like either she'll be like, I know we work on it. He's actually, you know, really insecure. He's got this third nipple that's gotten really long. He feels really bad about it. Or it'll just, you know, it's it sucks because a lot of times women can't hear that. They're just like, well, I love him. So this is who I've chosen. I never understand how women are just like, I'll just pick the worst one. And that's what I'm going to be with because these eggs, they need to be fertilized. I just, women have options. I don't get this necessity to just like pick a dude and latch on. There is the version where you just try to understand him a little better. You know, can you go, I'm just saying. Yeah. Sometimes people, maybe he's insecure around you. Maybe he can tell you that he doesn't like, that you don't like him. Can you take him out to coffee and kind of just like get to know him a little bit? But then at the coffee shop, he's going to call the barista a peasant. It sucks too, because if you were like, Scott, that is so rude. He'd be like, what? Like some people cannot hear feedback. I mean, is there a version where like you just get really quiet and you just say to your sister, like he's rude to wait staff, he's rude, he's so angry. If you say that someone's angry, I've noticed people, they have no choice but to sort of back down. If you're like, he's annoying, he's arrogant, he'll be like, suck it. But if you're like, he's so angry, it makes me anxious, it's hard to be around, then I think that's like another way to frame it. Uh. If you frame it like this person is like untenable as a human- yeah, and that's s- tough. Uh, with the uncle to your kids thing, I think 
Don't worry about it. You can cross that bridge when it comes to it, but you can just be like, look, sister, I want to see you, but his anger is stressing me out. Like, just see her without him. Invite her over. Yeah. And ask her, be like, you know, maybe she thinks that too, you know, because maybe, or maybe she finds, she obviously has no problem with it, or maybe she does. And I don't know how close you are to him, but if you're just like, he's, he has such a bad vibration, it's kind of like hard to be around, mm. especially to notice if a bunch of you go out, like, does everyone else just kind of get quiet? Yeah. You know, maybe there's a way to kind of like silence him into being silent. Like if you're all just quiet, like if no one's yes ending, it sucks right. though, because it sucks because we've heard a lot of these questions where like, the girl is the one like, what do I fucking do? I hate this guy. Yeah. I, look, I've never hated anyone that anyone close to me has been with. I've definitely been like, I don't really need this person. So you're, you know, you're just kind of quiet or you just kind of never ask about them. Like what's the least oxygen you can give him? Mm. You know? Yeah. Never ask, never include, you know, invite your sister and just be like, oh, I just didn't think he'd want to come. Like just- He doesn't like anything. Yeah, be like, oh, he just seems like he doesn't like anything. So I didn't want to bother him. Like put it like that. Like he's so ice cold. You're like, I just assumed he would hate it. Yeah. He always talks about how much he hates stuff. Like he's putting that out in the world. Like you should be able to use that against him. Like, yeah, he just seemed, you know. Yeah. Or like you could just make it clear that you're tolerating him. Yeah. And also be prepared one day to just full on say it. Be like, you hate everything. You are rude to everyone. And it makes it very difficult to be, just save that for like a knockdown drag out. But you just want to hang out with your sister. You don't have to hang out with him. I have that with friends. I'm like, I don't know your spouse and they're not invited because I don't care. You got to be extra cool to want to hang out with both of us. Like you're bringing your spouse, you're bringing your girlfriend, you're bringing your boyfriend. Like they got to be cool. Otherwise that relationship is going to suffer. Yeah, they got to be bringing some to the table. I had a relative who had an insufferable girlfriend and I just never asked about her and she would be at events. So, you know, you say hi and then you just move to the other side of the room. Yeah. And I think she kind of like started to catch on that like no one was cool with her, but it's like, and then we had to have like a come to Jesus family thing, which was very uncomfortable because somehow I was the only one speaking, even though I thought I was representing the group. Of course. Such is life. Well, she's gone now. So good riddance. Kick it. But she is alive, just to clarify. We don't know that. Okay. Hey, Liza and team. Hope you all have a wonderful kickoff to your summer and are COVID safe and cool. With Bud Light Seltzer. I know. Chug, we chug. are we are kicking those episodes off. <laughs> My question is regarding codependency versus just being social slash extroverted. Okay, listen. Let the dog lay on your mouth. Okay, it's not codependency. It's baby love. <laughs> baby love. She's baby. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It happened to me. I didn't think it would, but it happened to me. I had a nasty bout of postpartum depression. Now, there's nothing to be ashamed about in talking about what you're dealing with, and there's nothing to be ashamed about in talking about it with someone. I definitely saw a therapist these last couple weeks because, you know, I spend my time giving advice to others, but I could use a little advice myself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. I'll tell you what, when you're already stressed or anxious, the last thing you want to do is battle traffic and sit in a waiting room and get your parking validated. I'm sorry, is that just an LA thing? You don't need to add all that. You can just sit in the comfort of your own home or a chair you like outside and you can talk to someone from BetterHelp. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time. No additional charge and it doesn't hurt their feelings. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com Eliza today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com 
com slash Eliza. I'm busy. And this time of year gets even busier. I've had my baby. I'm back to work. I'm at meetings. I'm on tour. I'm running around. And I don't always have time to sit down for a meal with my family. Sometimes I get home from set so late and I just need to eat something nutritious and go to bed. And that's why I like Factors fresh, never frozen meals because they're dietitian approved and they're ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy I am, and I'm busy, I always have time to get a nutritious, great tasting meal. Factor has over 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. So I never get bored. I'm trying to do less meat in general and they have wonderful vegan and veggie options. I just made a vegan mushroom marsala and I made an onion risotto. Just because you're eating vegetarian doesn't mean you can't eat deliciously. It had roasted garlic green beans. It was scrumptious. Head to factormeals.com slash Eliza50 and use code Eliza50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Eliza50 at factormeals.com slash Eliza50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Well, it's finally happening. The weather is finally getting warmer. So it's time to say goodbye to the jackets and cozy sweaters we've been hibernating in all winter. And it's time to say hello, bonjour, to shorts and t-shirts. And if you've been wanting to update your wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, Quince is for you. I talk about Quince a lot because I really believe in a sustainable capsule wardrobe. And there's no reason you can't have a sustainable, timeless wardrobe for every season. And Quince has got you covered with premium linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable, silk tops, hello. And the best part is all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Dressing well shouldn't break the bank. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. Look well. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash Eliza for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Eliza to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Eliza. Context. I've been married for three years now. I love my wife, same-sex couple, and for the most part, life is good. Wait, so is it two dudes and one identifies as the wife? <laughs> two ladies. Two ladies, okay. One little issue. Wait, she two is- ladies that are married? Yes. Is that a thing? Yeah. I'm totally <laughs> kidding. <laughs> two chicks bonded in... in- Matrimony. Matrimony. There you go. Not right. One little issue. She is introverted and I am extremely extra, extra extroverted. We drove around a lot. We move around a lot due to her being military, which has made it difficult for me to have friends. I have a tendency to exhort my extrovertedness on her and she responds by telling me I need to work on my codependency issues. I've told her that hurts my feelings. Well, you're lesbians. Of course you're codependent. I don't feel codependent, but being alone and isolated truly yeah. is draining to me. Aww. I do a lot of talking on the phone. I mingle with coworkers. Yeah. But in the end, I miss my outings and friend hangouts, and my wife just doesn't get it and says that it's because I hate being alone versus me wanting that social energizing. If I can come to terms with her needing random moments of, quote, alone, just no interaction, and not judge her as standoffish or cold, does me wanting to engage in social things mean I'm codependent? I can go evenings alone, and prior to our marriage, I did, but I hardly ever turned down social engagements, and I loved that. Do you believe me needing slash wanting to have social interaction, even with my wife daily, is codependent? I'm starting to think I'm crazy because it's become such an issue with our marriage. Help, advice is always appreciated. It's just a little unfair because your wife is doing her job. Like, you guys are tailoring your life to hers. And, you know, thank you for your service. And that is a difficult life. But you did sign up for it, I'm assuming. Um, 
But there's no way when you signed up for it, you could fully understand how isolating it could be. I bet you there are a lot of other military wives who kind of feel the way that you do. Um, and especially if you don't have kids to like focus on and like drain all of your energy. I totally get that. I get that you're like, look, I'm a friendly person. I like doing things. I like going out. And she's like, what's your problem? What's just, because she's getting fulfilled by her job. I wonder what your job is. And I wonder if it's as fulfilling, you know, uh, as hers is for her. But if you're as understanding about her, I think you very rationally would be like, look, this is just how I'm wired. Codependency would be you are obsessed with your wife. And she comes home and you're like, I have to, what are you doing, babe? I want to sit with you. I want to be with you. All of your things. To explain, you've given up a big part of your life to help her realize her dream of whatever she does in the military and uh, help her reach her career goals. So she has to just be a little, I think, softer language and a little bit more forgiving. Does she, is it that she has an issue with you going out or? It sounds like it's that, so the, our question asker is at home with her. There's a pandemic, they move a lot. So she doesn't have a lot of other friends. And so she's like to her wife, like, hey, what's up? And her wife is like, ugh. Right, your wife's coming home from work and she's like, I'm drained. So I think you do whatever you need to do whether it is going out. And it's totally cool to go out without her and make new friends. Maybe see if there's like a military sort of support group for like spouses of military. Uh Um, But she needs to be supportive of that. And I, but I can respect that she's tired at the end of the day and she, you know, can't be there for you like that. But that's also why you guys work. Well, and she, so she gets her designated alone times where she isn't bothered. So could it be something like, look, when she gets home, give her an hour to decompress. Yeah. But then like every night after that hour, you guys can talk for an hour. Like something where she- You need, can, but she, you need stimulation too. Right. So you're like, can we like play a game? Can we saw something, build something? She needs to respect that this is how you're wired too. And that and your love language is like connecting with people or whatever. So she yeah. needs to- meet you a little bit more in the middle. You're not codependent though. No. You're a little understimulated. Unless you're, you're fully lonely. lying in this yeah, question. Which you probably are. Then no. <laughs> you're just texting her every five minutes like, what's up? What's up? You what's wanna up? know the truth? Because this works in male-female relationships. I don't know how it's gonna work with lesbians, but like you give her the ice cold shoulder. Let me tell you something, girls. When you do that to your husband, they will do anything. You're just like, I'm fine. Be like, I just, you know, and just- I, I don't want to, I'm going to take the dog for a walk alone. Your husband will trail after you like a sad puppy. They will. Look, what can I do? What can I do? Let me say this. This is TMI. I know. Nothing. I just, we're getting a lot of uh, our kitchen redone, a lot of things redone, and there's been no food in the house. And I came home yesterday and Noah's like, you know, did you, did you have dinner? And I was like, I had chips at a gig and it's too late to eat now. And there's no food in the house. And that's like the thing that you do. So screw it. I'll just order Postmates and I'll just find my own food. I woke up this morning. There's smoothie and coffee and lunch meat and everything. All you have to do is lose your shit on your husband. So you can eat your loose lunch meats, your favorite meal. Loose meat. I'm just saying that's not, you don't want to do it. You don't want to give her a cold shoulder, but sometimes at least for boys, it gets results. Yeah, I got tasty smoothie now. Brought to me. What? Jealous of my smoothie? No. Sandy- we each have roles. And he is my heart. And food makes your heart go. And I can't get my own food. Because I've lost the ability to do so. 
because he gets all the food. You can't take it away from me. I do plenty of things. I do dances. I do songs about the dog. What? Are those contributions? I'm not going to list off what I contribute. No, I That's know. tacky. I'm not, worried. I'm not worried about what you bring to the table. Bring to the table some hot lunch meat. Get it. <laughs> Hi. Greetings. This is Sandy Shoe 13. Greetings from South Africa. Yes, the land where elephants roam free. Just kidding. I've been there and that's, and I know that's not true. So. so I'm in need of some advice. My fiance and I got engaged in the beginning of March. <laughs> the land where elephants roam free. <laughs> and at the same time- we Wait, start over. <laughs> she got engaged? Got engaged at the beginning of March. At the same time, we legally got married as we are looking to emigrate. So we thought we'd save time on the paperwork. Emigrate or emigrate? Emigrate. We'd set our wedding to be in September, but about three weeks ago, my fiance got offered a job in Sweden and he needs to be there in August. So we have now moved our wedding up to happen within the next two months. Long story short, my mom, Asian tiger mom, who was mentally preparing herself for me to be moving out and be married, now we've turned her world upside down by leaving the country. She's giving us such grief with the wedding and also planning a wedding small around COVID has been a problem. We've been fighting and now she's like, you're not getting married. I am not happy. You guys can get married next year when Ben can come back. But in the meantime, I'm not allowed to leave to go to Sweden until next year. And if I think of leaving, she has threatened to sever our mother-daughter relationship. Help, how do I deal with such an unreasonable person? I know she's upset that I'm leaving as I'm a huge part of her life and help her out a lot. So it'll be a huge adjustment for her and my family. My fiance is white and struggles to understand the relationship between the kids and their parents in Asian culture. I mean, I'm also, not, I struggle to understand it. I'm we, white. Also, we're going to try and get tickets to come see you in Stockholm in October. Whoop, whoop. Come on out. Um, I can't, I don't have that. I'm not Asian. You know what? I'm going to confess it. I'm not Asian. Yeah. Everybody thought I was, but I'm not. Um, I would put it, look, I can't, your mom, I mean, this is like a deep cultural thing. So it's not even in my purview to really give advice on that. You know, maybe there's a version where you say to her, I'm sorry, do you love and miss me? Or do you just miss the things that I will do for you? I also think this, if the connection is that strong and your mom loves you that much, she will adjust. She will get over it. A part of being a mother is letting go of your child. Not like fully letting go, but like when they get married, like that's their person now. This is what, you know, you get married and your obligation is now to your husband. So you're going to have to find the strength to do what it is that you need to do. There's always ways to meet your mom halfway meet her in the middle. Um, it sounds like she doesn't want to be alone. It doesn't doesn't sound like your dad's in the picture. So she doesn't want to be alone. And I think that's part of it. And she's scared. But this is life. And uh, you can't put yours on hold just for that. And I guarantee if you go to Sweden, your mother will still talk to you. And if she doesn't, like, that's really unfortunate. But like, how long are you supposed to put your life on hold. She's not in charge of your life. I get there's different dynamics that I don't understand, strong. but but at the end of the day, you have to make the decision that's best for you. Because and it- a tiger mom loves her child and just wants what's best for her child. That's the whole thing is they're really hard on their kids because they want their kids to be not so much happy, but successful. But you've married someone and I'm I'm sure she wanted that for you. So she's being selfish and you're going to have to put your baby tiger paw down. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's all you can do. You probably, you know, you're afraid of that. You don't want to hurt her. She doesn't want to be alone. Do you have siblings? Are there other Asian women who can rally around her? Yeah. 
Give her something to do. Something to do. Okay, okay. Okay. I have a question, and this is for the pod. As opposed to? I live in Austin, Texas, and I've got to get the fuck out of here, LOL. What? Everybody's moving to Austin. Where are you going? We've got an okay barbecue scene. My boyfriend is from here and also very- You don't very- want tacos out of a refurbished trailer? You don't want perennial Christmas lights? You don't love drinking with a dog everywhere you go? Austin, hear my cries. I got a whole, I got more. Welcome to Austin. Our mayor's a dog. Everything's take your dog to work day. It's just couples with big labs. Everybody's drinking like Tecate outside a refurbished camper. Everybody's at the lake. All right, go ahead. I'm originally from New York City, but lived all over the East Coast of Montreal before moving here. As a fully vaccinated sheep, I want to travel as much as possible next year and every year following. I'm a fully vaccinated sheep. I love that. <laughs> so the question is from the great state of Texas, if I were to move to the West Coast, Oregon likely, possibly Washington, is traveling to Europe from the West Coast way harder than the East Coast? At this point, yeah. because I work remotely in my career, that's my only hiccup with moving out West. Um, Apologies, this is rambly. As always, hi, baby arm, suspicious, fluffy snow. Peach, Smoky Husky, and Eliza, the queen of nuance. Ooh. She is suspicious. Um, it's harder in that it's just more time in the air if you're flying direct. So, you know, to cross the country, it's like five or six hours, depending on your tailwinds. Um, and then flying from uh, New York to um, London is about seven hours. And seven hours isn't that long. Like six hours actually isn't that long, especially if you take an early morning flight, you kind of just fall asleep. Of course, if you're flying first class, life's a lot easier. Um, and in some ways, I guess longer time gives you more time to sleep. You know, like those flights where like you sleep for like an hour and a half and then you're there and then you're up. So, you know, it's, uh, you're adding some time, but truth, like once you're in the air, like who cares? It really, I mean, air travel is remarkable. Like you watch two bad movies, eat a meal, maybe, you know, you pass out for a little bit and you're there. Don't not move because, because you're that. thinking about and traveling And the more you do it, Europe. the easier it gets. And the more you do it, the more miles you get. Yeah. There's ways to make it fun. There's always drugs. You know, take an Ambien. As long as you're not a weirdo on it, poof, you're there. Mm. Poof. D-Nation with a one instead of an I. Hello, Eliza, baby arm. The hot, 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 very hot Scotty. Can I just say one thing? Yeah. As I was saying, take drugs, I was like, oh no, I can be held accountable. We have a problem in this country, by the way, with like, oh, someone said something, so I did it. And I, I have no culpability. I'm just like, well, I shouldn't say take drugs. If you can't think for yourself, because a celebrity said take drugs and I wasn't even specific about them, and then you do them. I'm not a doctor. I shouldn't be held responsible for it. But yes, drugs that make you chill on a plane are a lot more fun. Flying's a lot more fun. Oh, she said, take a Klonopin. And then I did, and my eye puffed up. Well, that's on you, okay? What? I like how you think the worst thing that's going to happen is your eye's going to puff up. I don't care. Like, it's just like, what about culpability? It's not like a corporation telling you eating corn is okay, and then you die, or a pharmaceutical company. I'm just saying, like, you know, you take something that makes you chill out a little bit. You sleep, you relax. It's great. Make your own little hidey hole in that seat. Get to know your neighbor. Bring your own sandwich. Watch a couple episodes of Friends. And you're there. When you ask someone what language they took in school, usually it's like with an eye roll. They're like, mm, French. 
It's like, do you speak French? No, I don't use it. I feel like a lot of us had difficulties learning a language in school. Rosetta Stone is here to change that. It's available on desktop and it can be used as an app on your phone or your tablet. Rosetta Stone are trusted experts for more than 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. Rosetta Stone immerses you in many ways with an intuitive process and you can pick up any language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Plus, with Rosetta Stone's true accent feature, you'll get feedback on how well you're pronouncing words. That's right. You might even fool some locals into thinking you're one of them. It's like having a personal trainer for your accent. I headed to Mexico City for a little vacation, and I used Rosetta Stone to brush up on my Spanish. Just a few things, few verbs that I knew I had forgotten, and I was better. Mejor. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Ask Eliza Anything listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash Eliza. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash Eliza today. I do think there's something to be said for ordering something of quality and every once in a while getting a nice package in the mail with a product that you're going to own for a long time. Let me tell you about Bolin Branch's signature sheets because they're the perfect way to start upgrading your sleep, your room, the look of your room because they're designed to feel incredible for all sleepers. They are made with the finest 100% organic cotton. These sheets feel buttery soft yet super breathable and they're perfect for warmer summer months ahead. We have a house that we go to in the summer and I got all Bolin Branch sheets for the beds because we're having a lot of guests this year and I want them to feel like they're at a nice bed and breakfast that they didn't have to pay for. Bolin Branch sheets are free from toxins like synthetic pesticides, formaldehyde. I bet you didn't know that was in your sheets. And their signature sheets come in 14 versatile colors and they come in sizes from twin all the way up to California King. And Bolin Branch has a 30-night worry-free guarantee, which means you can wash, style, and sleep in their sheets for an entire month. And if you don't love them for any reason, you can send them right back with free returns on all U.S. orders. Sleep better with the softest, most breathable bedding from Bowl and Branch. Go to bowlandbranch.com slash Eliza for 15% off your first sheet set, plus free shipping. That's Bowl and Branch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, branch.com slash Eliza for 15% off. Exclusions apply. See site for details. D Nation with a one instead of an I. Hello, Eliza, baby arm, the hot, 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 very hot Scotty, Smoky Husky, hot, hot heat. and the sweet Snow Beach, and Gracie. Long time listener, first time writing in. Mm. I have a few small questions. Okay. First one is back in the episode Darkest Before the Dawn. Eliza, you talked about making a map of unique coffee shops around the country and plan to put the map out in a year. Any progress on said map? Much progress on said map. Um, the tour just got started and we did a couple dates in Florida. Um, and recently on a trip to Palm Springs, I stopped in a city called Upland that I had never heard of and went to a rad coffee shop. Mm-hmm. So that made the list. Um so it really just goes as fast as the tour goes and I don't want to ever just add one just to add it. Although sadly, we were in Florida and I looked at my map and a place that I like so much had been permanently closed because oh. of the pandemic. So progress on it. Um, Is it a public list? Will it be made public? It will be. Available? I will make it public okay. at one point. Okay. I just want to, you don't want to have just 15 locations. I want to amass enough that it's like anywhere you go, you can find okay. one of my shops. All right. I'm very excited for it, but it's still going. Okay. Coffee on the road. Okay. It's my brilliant title. If you could live in any time era, which would it be? Mine would be the 1950s for the fashion, music, and cars, but I'm gay, so it would be bad as well, LOL. It would be bad literally up until last week for you. 
Uh, that's tough. You know, it's so funny. We're not allowed to answer that question anymore. Cause it's like, well, what about civil rights? What about women? Like you have to all of a sudden take into account everyone's struggle. So if your question is as a white couple, mm-hmm. as a white straight couple, when would I have wanted to live? I think the sixties would have been really cool because it was America's sort of rebirth. And we were coming out of, you know, you're 20 years out of a war. And of course there was like the Korean war, but you're America was like getting away from like the Levittown uh, nuclear family and getting into more rock and roll and like we're getting closer to Vietnam and like the hippie break off. And like you, that's when America starts to sort of come into its own yeah. in a pop culture way. Yeah. And I think that would have been a really formative, cool time just mm. to be around. And I think that would have been cool. I'm not like a 60s fan. I don't like love 60s music, but like- that would have been really cool. And the, yeah. to remember the 80s a little bit better would have been cool too because I was born in 1983, so. I, I, I was born in 91. I wouldn't have minded being born a little earlier so I could have experienced more of the 90s. 90s were dope. I mean, experiencing the 90s is like you're like in your teens, 20s in the 90s. Teens, yeah. 20s. And the truth is anything before like 1930 and you're just dying of cholera at yeah. like 15. So yeah, a- anything's cool. The 80s were like super innocent and our country was doing well and everything felt safe minus all of the like urban legends. So they all sound pretty cool. 70s had a huge boom in comedy. I would have been able to go to urban legend and theaters. There you go. So the 60s would have been cool. This last question I think is very important. Oh God. P.S. Do you think you guys can maybe get Mariska Hargitay on the pod? I think two powerful, strong women like you two would be an awesome episode. I mean, sure. Come yeah, on. I would love Mariska. Mariska, excuse me. Yeah, I was going to say, isn't it Mariska? It is Mariska. I'm wow. so embarrassed. I'm so embarrassed. The closest we can get is Mickey Hargitay's plant dealership. Whenever I drive by it, I think on oh, Fountain. SVU. Yeah. Uh, I don't, yeah, sure. She wants to come on if that's her <laughs> ultimate wish. Mariska, come on over. Yeah, I'm You're sure you got welcome. nothing else to do. She's so busy. No, she's Can you imagine doing a show like that for 20 plus years? An hour long drama, 22 episode seasons for 20 plus years. Like, and I'm right there to chronicle. I've been, when you sign up for a show in like the 90s, you don't know. You don't know that you're going to, that's the next two But I think as an actor, you're like, look, I just want to work. Like, by the grace of God, you got that gig. For sure. For sure. But uh, I don't think anyone's like bummed about it, mm -mm. but it's it's pretty crazy. Everybody loves SVU because everybody loves watching stuff about sex crimes. Fight me on it. I love a sex crime. Oh I don't want to watch regular regular Law and Order. I don't want just a murder. I want there to be, because you know, SVU sex. is also children and old people. And I love when the old people are sex crimed. Okay, that's your sound bite, not mine. You monster. Sex crimed. Kick it. Hi, Eliza and Emily. A casual friend of mine asked me last July to be a bridesmaid in her wedding this August. It'll be intimate and on the beach, so nobody COVID shame me, LOL. She recently- I think we're past that. Yeah. Like, if you don't have the vaccine by now, like, good luck. I still have one more. She recently messaged me that she's so stressed that none of her bridesmaids slash bridesmen will message her back regarding important wedding details. I told her she should have her maid of honor speak with them to alleviate her stress. Yeah. She then tells me she never assigned a maid of honor and that I am now it. I respectfully declined, but she insisted. (laughs) Oh, no, thank you. And I am now the maid of honor six months before the wedding. 
I am now in charge of her bachelorette party, so I sent out a group message to the bride's bays asking what everyone could comfortably contribute. No one, including her mother, will message me back. I had hoped to do an Airbnb weekend somewhere nice, but can't afford that alone. We can't bar hop or other bachelorette things because of COVID. And I can't and won't front all of the money for a weekend getaway that no one will help with. Especially because you're you're like the de facto uh, maid of honor. Like, I don't even think she really wanted you to be the maid of honor. So she says, what are some ideas for a COVID-friendly bachelorette party with only a few months to plan slash reserve anything and zero help from anyone in the wedding party? Now, this first message was sent early March. So we have gotten a follow-up this week. Update. I have just over two months to figure this out. The bridal oh, no. party continues to ignore me and the bride what? moved out of town slash got a new job slash doesn't have her bachelorette weekend off anymore. Do I just not throw her a bachelorette party? You can't. This is too much. Also, her friends are monsters. Also, by the way, Four months? this was said a casual friend of mine asked me to be a bridesmaid. You got to declare, you, first of all, you shouldn't have said yes. And I think it's very telling, like maybe no one likes this person. You're telling me her <laughs> four months of you reaching out, something's off here. Either you sent one email. I bet you people did write back, but they weren't helpful. They were like, yeah, I'm good with whatever. And this girl's like out of town now. Like you might just have to have a come to Jesus with that bride and be like, look, people are not responding. You've moved out of town. I, this is too much for me. Like, yeah. What time, like what, when did you, what time did you expect us to do this now that you don't have this off? Can you do like, okay, what weekend were you thinking? And then you met, you find an Airbnb and you say, look, here would be the cost. Are people comfortable with that? Rather try than that. Like, what can you, I would be hesitant to, I'd be like, I can contribute $5. I'm not giving people, you a number up front. Tell me what number it is and I'll agree or not Yeah, yeah, agree. no one's gonna, yeah, exactly. Also like when you go to a, like one of those restaurants where it's like build your own bowl and they're like, we have over 8 million options. People don't like that. People like it when you say, hi, we have this weekend. This is the cost. Can you do it? Then people can say, oh, shoot, I'm booked or whatever. And they'll all start to lie about why they can't go. Yeah. But you do need to, if you're going to do this, you do need to make it easier for them. Because I've been on those lists where it's like, when's everyone free? And I'm just like, delete, spam, don't care. Yeah. It's too much. Also, she's out of town. It sounds like she's, these friends sound awful, but I don't believe that no one has reached out. Or they the fact that this person is a casual friend who was assigned maid of honor tells me that this girl does not have the closest friend. So yeah. everybody's probably casual and all of them are like, yes. isn't someone closer to her supposed to be doing this? Call like, the mom and be like, I need some help. I don't know what to do. Yeah, what's our plan This here, shouldn't mom? be on you. And the fact that she moved out of town, <laughs> so, people are allowed to travel now more, but it's like- Plan a fun dinner. Plan a fun dinner. Fun dinner. Uh, yeah, this is if a You're nightmare. living in a city that's still like not the coolest about it, you know, but- uh, Sit outside, book yeah. a table. You gotta be, you gotta let this go. Do not front any of those costs. You should not have said yes to this. And uh, yeah, do not front anything. Get in touch with the mom and get in touch with a friend and be like, here are the facts and this is really stressful. Do you even care if you go to this wedding? No, but it's, what a nightmare. Be like, I've done my best and I'm so sorry there's a buzzsaw in the background. I know. So loud. I'll just talk really close to the microphone. I don't I know if that this makes girl it better. For you. Okay. Get out of it. Because I don't think you want to be doing it. The fact, what is it? You, you emailed us six months ago and then four. March. What is that? Two months ago. So they had like four months. Now they have like two months right now. And she moved. Like this is, this shouldn't be on you. No. You shouldn't have said yes. Where are her friends? Also bridesmaids slash bridesmen. What are the men? Get out of this. Move on. 
That's my advice. Get the mom involved and move on or put it back on the friend. Tell her you're moving. <laughs> Be like, I'm sick. I can't make it. No. These people sound awful. Try one more time to arrange something yes. that you Group email. Set. Hey guys, I'm really trying to make this happen for her. How about this I was thinking restaurant? this weekend, It would co- if we all said yes, it would cost this much per person. Yeah. What do you guys think? And if they're like, we can't make it, can't do it, then go back to her and be like, I really tried. I'm yeah. trying to factor in so many schedules. I also have a life. Yeah. It's not like you guys are all BFF from like college. You don't even no. know these people. So you get a new identity, way, leave way, This girl moved. You will not be friends with her. Yeah. In like two years. So yeah. let it go. Okay. So somebody submitted a question and has since submitting their question, like literally this past week, have deleted their account, but I can still see the question, but it's just coming from like a, an inactive account. So, okay. Is the question eerie? No, it just is. Does it, it give just, any clues to why they disappeared? But they've disappeared. So I hope they're okay out there. This is from Tori. Hey, yo, Eliza and crew. I think you guys have the best podcast on the internet. Wow. And it makes me, it makes my drives to work enjoyable. Here's my question. My parents went through a pretty bad divorce lately. Things got ugly quick. And my dad tried to stop supporting me in my education. I'm a sophomore in college studying meteorology. Whoa. He is a doctor cool. and makes more than enough money to afford to support me. Thankfully, through many affidavits I wrote, I was awarded full support for my education and any expenses until I graduate. My question is, how do I ask him for funds when bills arise? Our relationship has been rocky at best since the divorce, and it seems like he doesn't want very much to do with me. Unfortunately, I have to contact him directly about my expenses. He likes to drag his feet whenever I send him my upcoming bills. I don't want to be a bitch about this, but at the same time, there is a deadline for tuition and rent. LOL. Any advice is appreciated. Much love from Arizona. Here's the thing. Parents don't necessarily pay your rent when you're in college. Like your parents getting divorced has nothing to do with a college student getting their rent paid. Okay. You know what I mean? Like I get like he's, okay, you've signed affidavits and he needs to pay your expenses, your tuition. What does an affidavit have to do with it? I assume when they got divorced, there was some sort of legal, like my family was supporting me in college, even though they were divorced. Like he makes X amount of dollars. He needs to keep supporting me. I didn't fill out financial aid because It just sounds like he got a divorce and now he's like, this isn't on me. I think that happens sometimes in a divorce. And maybe there was like another woman being like, you shouldn't have to do this, but- You know, it sounds like you need to pick up the phone or go see him in person and be like, do you not care about my education? And just say to him, like, please don't make me beg you for this every time. Is there a way we can work this out? Because by the way, he does not owe you any of that. It'd be great if he paid for it. Yeah. But your parents are, there's no legal obligation. You're not a minor. But it sounds like now legally he does need to pay your tuition at minimum. So when you did the affidavits, like how was it arranged that yeah, he would I don't legally pay that. it? Like how do you, what's the consequence I if think he you doesn't have pay it? have a conversation with him in person yeah. and just be like, this is an agreement. This is very stressful for me. It feels like you divorce mom and you don't want anything to do with me mm-hmm. and you make it very uncomfortable for me and I don't know what I did wrong. And he'll be like, oh, angel, honey bun, you didn't do anything wrong. I think your dad's just probably dealing with a lot right now and he's looking at the cost of a divorce, which is huge. And he's like, oh my God, and I've got to pay for this college. So sit down with him and be like, and talk about actual expectations. Yeah. And be like, is there a way I can just get this or is there a way to make this less painful? 
Because he probably doesn't want to talk about it and it's tacky. And he'll just be like, no, of course you can have it. You know? Yeah. You got to be direct with him. Yeah. That's what I say. Yeah, I say, don't make a jerk off out of me, dad. Don't make me come find you. And if he's real rude about it, then that's when you fall back on the legal, whatever the legal ramifications are for whatever he has been, he's on the hook for. Yeah, be like, I was getting my education. You got a divorce and it feels like you divorced me too. Mm -hmm. And he'll be like, I'm actually not your real father. And you'll be like, oh, fuck. Cloudy with a chance of meatballs. Kick it. Heather Feather 629. Hi, Liza and Emily. I've been dating this guy for a couple of months now. I'm 30 female. He's 37 male. He's very sweet, kind, hardworking, and much more. Something I value Mm. in an SO, significant other, is intelligence. I don't just mean a formal education, but someone who can speak and write properly is sexy. He's definitely smart. He went the route of skilled trade instead of college and works a lot of math at his job. Math is definitely not a strong suit of mine, and I'm not trying to say I'm better than anyone. However, his grammar and spelling are horrible. It drives me up a wall, and I don't want to correct him because I feel like that's so rude. But if I'm using a word improperly or spelling something wrong over and over, I would want someone to tell me. I will correct some of my close friends, but I feel like correcting your significant other is kind of mean. Should I just let it go, or should I tell him that— T-H-E-R-E, they're going to the store, should be T-H-E-Y. Yeah, that is R-E. a huge turnoff. I'm sorry it is. And people can say it's, you know, it's like this weird thing in our country where it's like, you've got to accept all people and all their limits in education. It's like, yeah, but what about, there's different levels of things. And if you're, you know, pumping gas, it doesn't matter if you're literate or speak well, but those are the things that are important to you. Uh-huh. You're not being a snob. It's not like he doesn't know which salad fork to use and he can't make small talk at a party, whatever. Different people at different levels have different values. Yeah. And everybody will try to convince you that your values don't matter because you're being a snob. But you're not. Uh-huh. You cannot help. These are signs of, I hate to say this, of a bigger issue. And that issue is that you don't come from the same world. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm sure he's really sweet and he's, you know, and he's really great and all these things. But those are not so much cracks as much as signs of other major differences, probably in the way that you guys view the world, money, family, religion, social things, you know. There's nothing wrong. Our country's built on like blue collar people. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with not going to college or going to vocational school. But there is a reason that people tend to date within their own group whether it be class or color or culture because of the familiarity of it. So it would actually bother me too. And it's actually very hard for me to take someone seriously when they cannot speak properly or they do not type properly. And I'm not talking about, we've all made the there, there, there mistake, Mm -hmm. but like it just is, it signifies something a little bit deeper. You value education and there's different types of education. And there's nothing wrong with the type of education that you value. Yeah. Some people like the school of hard knocks. Some people are great mechanics. You know, I, I don't know anything about my car, but I also don't need to because of the type of education I sought. So do you think that in my mind, the way to go about it would be to have not, not a conversation with him about a specific like they're there, but to talk to him and say, look, yeah. would it bother you yes. when I correct you? Because yes. maybe he will say, oh, no, I never. Or maybe he'll say, I really, I don't care. And I don't want to think about it when Which I'm just texting with my friend. Indicative my of a greater issue. Right. I completely agree with that. You say, because you don't want to attack. You don't want to make the, pr- especially with a guy. You don't want to nitpick. But it's not nitpicking. It's my whole point was you don't want to make a man feel more insecure because mm. they're very sensitive. 
I personally, if I said something wrong, I would, I'm, I really love knowing words, etymology. Like I really like to know things that I don't know. Yeah. Um, so ask him, be like, I've noticed, I never want to make you feel insecure. I think you're so smart. I know that if I miss you, like if I got a fact wrong, I would want to know. And I've said this to people before. I'm like, I'd rather you make the mistake in front of me. That way I can tell you that way you don't do it in public. You know, that way you don't make a mistake on a business email. You know, I I I say, I would hate to have someone discount you because you used a word wrong. And he'll probably say like, well, then they're assholes if they do that. And it's like, well, that's the way of the world. Yeah. His answer, and you have to, I hate that girls are just like, I found a guy and this has got to be the one. His answer to the way, if you broach it correctly, will be extremely telling of the type of relationship you're in for. Yeah. Um, if he's like, there you go again, using big words to try to make me feel bad. This is not the guy for you. Right. So it's less about what you, it's, it's really more about his response. And yeah. you should listen because he's telling you who he is. If he's like, yeah, I would love to know. I've never been great with English, you know? Yeah. The writing is less of an issue as long as he can speak well, you know? Yeah. But it is cringeworthy to hear when somebody like butchers the language. Yeah. That is a native English speaker. Yeah. If he were like an immigrant, I'd be like, dude, like let Whatever. that go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, there's- all, you always see on Reddit, people will post like, you know, sorry, English is my second language and then have the most perfect. It sounds fine. And you're like, what are you talking about? Your English is better than mine. There's nothing. It's not, you know, and so- these are just the things that you that are important to you and it's cringeworthy to your ears and that's okay. So yeah. see what he says. Yeah. You be as kind as possible, not trying to embarrass you or anything. See what he says. Yeah. See if he can be if if you can be disarming. Kick okay. it so softly. Kick it <sighs> Hi Eliza Emily and Teeny Cheeny. All the context. 36 female, married to a man. Second marriage. First husband was a serial cheater. <laughs> okay. I thought you were say serial killer. <laughs> My first husband was a serial killer. But I'm okay. It's okay now. I'm okay. I'm a newlyish wed and my husband and I are head over heels for each other. Mm-hmm. I say all the time, I have the best life. We are honestly Aww. best friends. We've blended our families and kids get along and we are working towards several goals as a team. But recently oh. I accidentally saw that my husband Google image searched pictures of women that don't share my aesthetic. I get that all men look. He looked up big black chicks, didn't he? <laughs> and porn is Dudes a thing, which it. I don't understand, but it is what it is. But I do have insecurities stemming from the aforementioned serial cheater ex-husband. Now I'm left feeling like I'm not my new husband's type aesthetically. I was curious to know if you have dealt with anything similar and how you handle it. Attach a photo so you know I'm not the one girl at your show with a horn growing off my head. <laughs> P.S. Not getting my master's, but I am a mermaid with a degree in both psychology and mass communication. Well, then you should know this. Okay, so super cute girl, yeah. right? Pretty woman. Yeah. What is he Googling? It doesn't matter because I think a lot of, I've never dealt with this, but I think a lot of times people look up porn that is so opposite of what they know because you can kind of be detached from it. Mm. Think about like how a lot of guys like in the mafia like have girlfriends look, I can't do the things to her that I do to my wife. It's the mother of my kids. Just good fellas. It's good fellas. So I think what would be weirder if it was like your best friend he was looking up or women who look like you, but they weren't you. Yeah. I think you need to remove the cheating part of it. I don't think looking at porn is a bad thing. And I don't think fantasizing about random things, I think it's kind of healthy. Yeah. If you 
I mean, is the issue more that you found that he was looking at porn? Would you be more comforted if he was looking at like a slightly tan girl with brown hair? Or would you be like, would you then think, how come I'm not enough if I already look like that? So I don't think it's unhealthy. I also don't think it's something you should worry about, whatever he's looking up. I also don't think, you know, if this is your best friend, there's a version where you sit down and you'd be like, hey, I just want to talk to you about this. And if you are cool with him looking at porn, because I think part of your issue is that he looked at porn. Well, she's like Google image searching. Yeah, I don't know. And also like, you don't want to be, like if you want to go digging for stuff, you'll find it or yeah. you'll turn something into what it is. So first reconcile, like, is it the fact that he's looking at porn? Why? And he'll be like, why were you on my computer? Or is he just Googling like Abercrombie model? Who knows what like, he was doing? I don't know. Like, Why no. were you digging through his stuff? Why were you searching in the first place? I think you need to come to terms with the fact that maybe- you've got your own insecurities. But let's say you have, mm-hmm. and let's say you randomly were searching for something else and that popped up. Yeah. You're within your rights to say to him, hey, there is no judgment. I, you know, and talk about your issues. Be like, I don't want to put this on you. I just wanted to voice this because I always want us to have an open conver- an open line of communication. Yeah. And if he is so great, he'll be like, yeah, that's kind of like something that I was just looking at once and he'll lie even though he looks at it all the time. Yeah. But what's important is that you feel heard and that he can sort of quell that. And that he can say like, yeah, I get off to that sometimes, but it has nothing to do with how attractive I am to you. Yeah. You're allowed to, by the way, that's fully insane. Just because he's attracted to you doesn't mean there aren't other types of women he could be attracted to. In fact, you want it the other way. Having a type, I always think is a little weird. Yeah. Because then I would, if he's like, I love slightly tan women with brown hair, then I would, and if I were you, I'd feel like, oh, I'm just a box. Yeah. I'm just feeling about, I could have been anyone. That's why it's so offensive when guys say like, oh, I love Asian girls. It's like, so just any Asian girl? Yeah. You know, I, I, I date black guys. I don't date black guys. You're like, so all of them are the same. What you're saying is that all of them are the same. Yeah. When you do that. That's why the whole thing is so offensive and other things. So I didn't think you should be happy. My most common Google is probably any actress name plus height. Sometimes you're watching a movie and you're like, what's going on there? How tall is Emily Blunt? Okay. And Google will tell you. Cool. Cool search. <laughs> cool. Way to be armed with the facts. <laughs> hey, guys. Love your podcast and you so much. Thank you. I can't explain how understood you guys make me feel listening to the podcast. I generally agree with every comment Eliza says, which makes me feel like a strong boss. There you go. Makes me feel good, too. Is she going to say but? No. Okay. Here's my context and question. I've been in a relationship with a guy for over 10 years. I am 31. He is 28. We moved from the UK to Australia together, bought our first home together, and have traveled many parts of the country together. Of the country of Australia? Okay. Yeah. I'm his first girlfriend and took his V card. He is not my first in either of those categories. Whoa. Flexing on him. Even though he hasn't given me any indication that he is unhappy or wants to explore other women, I can't shake the feeling that because he hasn't experienced or explored his options that our relationship is doomed to end at some stage and I'll be a mess. As I myself have explored and know what I like slash don't like, so I would feel a bit hypocritical believing that he doesn't feel the need. Do you think that it's possible that I am all he needs? To add, I've brought it up over the years. Sorry, there's a correction. Traveled many parts of the world and Australia together. It doesn't fucking matter. Okay. (laughs) To add, I've brought it up over the years in different ways. 
words and even directly, but still he says, no, I want to truly hear him and believe him and not have this nagging at me every moon cycle and question everything, but yet I can't seem to. It probably has stopped me relaxing about where we're going or comparing our lives with our friends as part of me feels this ticking as to when he'll decide he does need to find out what's out there. I don't think this is about him. I think this is about you. And I think you are maybe like, what if I didn't explore all my options? 10 years with someone and you're 31? Yeah. That means you met him at 21. And I'm sorry. I I get that you love me and like, we agree. You did not live a life. Like maybe you were just like open for business and you were just like fucking since you were like 15 or something. But at 21, you cannot say that like you lived a life, you know what you like. And let's hope and pray that you're not the same person you were then. Okay. So I think this is a little bit more about you. What's interesting to me is men have no problem being like, I met her real young. Like, look at Elvis. He met Priscilla Presley when she was like 12. Men have no problem being like, I met her young. I'm going to take up all of her time and I'm going to be the one for her. They've never been like, I think she might want other things. It's like, how could she not just want me? So it's interesting because I think only a woman would be insecure about that. If you are strong and you do think you're great and you do think, I think you feel a little guilty. I think you feel like maybe you didn't get to experience everything, but moreover, I think you feel guilty. You think you're limiting him. But it sounds like, you know, he's an adult and it sounds like you guys do a lot of stuff together. It's not like you're like making him stay home and he wants to see the world. Um, Your relationship might come to an end as he gets older or you're his world and you're all he needs. But the truth is, you won't know till you go because you can meet someone your own age and get married and then they spring a problem on you. This is just part of life. So you have to make the decision. Are you going to stop worrying about it? Is this something deeper with you? He is a grown man now, wasn't when you met him, and he's telling you how he feels. And if you keep undermining him, you will manifest a reality. Yeah. He will start to think you're insecure, which is very unattractive. Or I'll just be like, God, fine. I'll go sleep with someone else. Leave me alone. And don't do like a walkabout. Like, don't be like, let's just each go sleep with someone, see what happens. It'll wreck it. So I think you need to dig deep on this one and just learn to accept what he's saying. Yeah. He could break up with you no matter who he was, no matter what age. Yeah. And the more you talk about it, the more it's going to be subconsciously something he thinks about. Yeah. Kick it. Top of the cob. It's the top of the cob. We're doing it right. Every day. You just take a bite. Top of the cob. My bottom of the cob. I think we should always we'll switch it and start with bottom. Okay. My top of the cob. No, you said you want to do your bottom bottom of the cob. The whole thing is called the top of the cob. In case you haven't listened to the podcast. (laughs) My bottom of the cob. There's no worse feeling as a homeowner than looking either at your floor or in your ceiling and you see a tiny little hole and then you see little termite tushies. butts. Little butts at work building one of their termite towers. I looked behind me in my office the other day and I was like, what is that like stalactite? <laughs> is it a stalagmite or stalactite? What's the one? Uh, stalactite, right? Ceiling. Okay, fine. Er- I was like, what is that stalactite? Hang- like that dirt colored stalactite. And it was like the size of my pinky and it was just coming down from the ceiling. And I, I took it down and you can just see them in that hole. 
Do not message us yeah. once they're in the ceiling. They're everywhere. Once you can see them, they're destroying the home. I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to hear about it. We called a guy. He's like, those are subterranean and they probably built. So we'll put some poison in there. Hope they take it to their queen. It's so, I have like little holes gross me out. Teeny, teeny holes. You know, that's a, that's a thing. Yeah. A phobia. Uh, I mean, I'm not, it's not a, I'm not afraid of it, but, but it is like gross. But it's like a like, uh, like online, there's a lot of like warnings if there's something with a bunch of holes in like a honeycomb, like things that have a lot of a holes honeycomb? in it. Home doesn't bother me, but like looking at chia pudding kind of grosses me out. Mm-hmm. It's part of the the thing. Whole phobic. Anyways, that is upsetting. And I had it, I've had them in my, in like wood coming out of like the floorboards of another house. And you're just like, God, they're in there. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're in there. Mm-hmm. I hate it. And then you're like, oh, it's going to fucking, I'm going to dress my house up in a circus tent. I hate it. Kick it. My bottom of the cob is I got sunburned. I went outside. It's not safe out there. I made a mistake, even though Eliza herself gave me a beautiful sunscreen. Mm, uh, I didn't wear it this day. It, yeah. This one day, I, I just, I've been inside, so I just haven't been, You're I wasn't used ready to being for outside. it. I wasn't, honestly, I wasn't. And I forgot what happens out there. But maybe it'll become a tan now and you won't look so I mean, purple. Farmer's tan. I feel like this is, that is still a tan. vaguely purple. No, that looks normal. That looks normal. This, not so much. My face is a little Oy. tough uh, because my hair was down. Patchy. So that it's like little bang. My bangs are under my bangs. It's you gotta, white. You got to kick that skincare into high gear. I got to I gotta get it together. We're 30 now. I so know. Get it, get it going. I got to get it together. Uh, my top of the cob, I don't, this was, uh, this was pretty cool. So when you're doing a set, Hmm. usually there's a host or another comic brings you up. And mm-hmm. sometimes if they know you, they kind of know what to say. If you know someone, you kind of know their intro. But sometimes they come up and they say, hey, what do you want me to say? Mm-hmm. You know, and that's your chance to be like, oh, I've got a Netflix special or, oh, I'm in this new movie. And I normally don't say, I'm like, whatever you can remember is fine. You know, and usually people are just like five Netflix specials and it's fine. Yeah. Because the audience isn't like, let me get a pen and paper. And what's her Twitter handle? Yeah. For a couple nights now, uh, I've been going out the last couple nights and- Whoever brings me up didn't have to ask my intro. They naturally just went, she's got a movie coming out on Netflix. It's called Good on Paper. It's out June 23rd. And it's so cool that people on their own comics who are like ultra competitive and like cool, whatever, that they saw that and had the wherewithal to like process it, not big timing and be like, oh, you have a movie coming out? I didn't know. So it was just super cool to hear them do that on their own. And you're just like, oh, right. People saw that trailer and it made me feel really good. So that was my top. What's yours? My top is- Good on paper, June 23rd. Good on paper, June 23rd. Netflix. And we'll keep telling you. Uh, Is my, you know, I like a trash movie and we, I like trash things in general. And I had an interesting conversation with a friend uh, who's a writer director. And she basically was like, look, when you watch a movie, you say it's good or bad, right? Like you're like, it's- 100% 100% Rotten Tomatoes or it's rotten, okay? And she was like, but when you listen to a song, it's like you either like the vibe of that song right then or you don't. Like you either like the country song at that moment or you want an EDM song at that moment. You're not like, this song is rotten. It's either good for a time or it isn't. And it really has made me think about like guilty pleasures in terms of like, maybe it's just not the right time for it. And I like that. I like that concept. It made me. It makes me feel like I can justify my interests. I think you lack the ability to cinematically appreciate a movie for things other than like, is there a teen girl that I once I wanted like to be? I about teens. I'm just saying like, I think- you I would, like good movies. I No, 
And I think you'd watch like Citizen Kane and be like, boring, and you would no. lack the skill set to fully appreciate like the storytelling and the cinematography. That's what I do believe. I believe you are this not is a offensive. cinephile. I don't care. I believe that How you- How many Criterion Collection releases have you watched? I don't know. Those are ones that are deemed important. And you've shit on it's all like, of them. No, Silence of the Lambs, like Whit Stillman stuff, uh, Election by Alexander Payne, who I think is now bad. Okay. Uh, like E2 Mama I've just Town never, Cool. I've just never heard you like really speak at length um, in a cinematic way about films that everybody sort of agrees are great. You're always like, Jumbo Shrimp Attack Part 8. <laughs> Go listen to my podcast it's about never loose, happening. What? Award-winning film. Look, because I talk about good movies. Did, you know what you don't want to hear me talk about? Sebastian Lelio, Oscar-winning director's film Disobedience. No, because you talk about it all the time. No, but I, that's okay. And that's all a good film that everyone agrees is good. Nobody talks about the that. The Silence movie. of the Lambs. I think it's just Silence of the Lambs. No, it's the it's the silencing of the ham. No, it's the silence. It's ham, quiet ham. It's quiet ham USA. I like Goodfellas. Just recently, though. No, not recently. I have seen it. You never saw Schindler's List. That I have not seen. Have you seen Network? Have you seen Good Morning Vietnam? I've seen Broadcast Movies News. That are a part of the canon of the United States. <laughs> Movies that have been celebrated. I've seen a lot of them. Network. Why would I pick that? I was. So I don't know why network. Wow. I'm not gonna take it anymore. All right. Okay. My top is now a bottom. <laughs> Power bottom. <laughs> <laughs> Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because yeah, the charcoal mess. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? <clears throat> Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader, like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on AutoTrader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.